Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Episode 198, game two of the Battle of of Alberta is tonight. Boy, I tried to be hype and I butchered it, eh, boys? (laughs) <laughs> Liam, turn him up. Come on. Let's go. Battle of Alberta game two. Hot start to the podcast. Let's hope the Oilers start better tonight. Tyler, Rick, Dan, Bagged Milk here for an hour of Oilers talk. And uh, let's just start. We'll get into the oodle noodle delicious debate and all of that good stuff. But first, let's go around the horn. Everyone's thoughts on game one. Rick, you're up. Uh, it sucked. It was terrible. They can't do it again. It's real simple. That's all that you can try and look into it. But it's real simple. It was terrible start. Terrible game. Get rid of it. Move on. Bag milk. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Rick, he covered it all. It was just, you can't allow three goals in the first six minutes and five seconds of a hockey game. I was like, it's pretty tough to win that way. The fact that they were able to come back and tie it at six was almost a miracle, but ultimately that was a sloppy game from the crease out. Have to be better. Dan, what'd you think? Uh, I forgot about the game. I just, it's for me, it's just done. It's uh, yeah. There's, there's some things that I have some points that I'll make because I am a good radio boy, but, <laughs> uh, but I it just, yeah, it's in the rear view for me. We're losing the series one, nothing. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. And that's a good point. And I tweeted about that. I said, it, it's the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you lose nine, six, nine, one, 12, nothing, or three, two in overtime, you're down one, nothing in the series. And then that's the bottom line. That is all that matters. You wipe it clean. You try to come back from the series deficit. And at the end of the day, the goal going into Calgary was to come out with the split. Was it not? Absolutely. So if you win tonight, who gives a shit what happened in game one? Who gives a shit what happened in the first 51 seconds of game one? All that matters is winning tonight. My plan was to go undefeated. So unfortunately we can't do that, but we'll try. Uh, we Keep had trying. the honorable mayor Amarjeet Sohi on the pregame. How did that show. happen by the way? Uh, he reached out to us and asked if he could do stuff with us. And we said, sure, come on our pregame show today. And he was yes, here. Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Was it, he looking, was he, was he, was he asking about his friends from, from the corner in Nashville? Is that who you want to talk to or how did this go about? <laughs> we did talk. Uh, we did talk a little bit about our, the time we spent together in Nashville, which was a lot of fun. And uh, he kind of said, get them out at two at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, those were good times. Those were good times. But he said, you know, Edmonton is a calm city. We have a sense of calmness about us. And he said, listen, Calgary had to play good in game one in front of their fans. Game two, that's where you go get them tonight. So I'm fired up for this one. I'm in a good mood. It's a Friday. It's a long weekend. And I believe in the Edmonton Oilers. God damn it. How could you not? Of course you're in a good mood. There's three beers in front of you. Yeah, but two of them are just for show. <laughs> Prove me that they're not empty. <laughs> I, I will not do that. Exactly. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into our Oodle Noodle Delicious debate today. 14 locations across the city for our friends at Oodle Noodle. Heading into game two, we know what the lineup is. We'll go through it in a second. But if you were Jay Woodcroft, what lineup changes would you make tonight for the Oilers? And I'm going to come to you first, Mr. Bagmilk. 
first one is well, and I know we know the lines now, but the first one that I could think of was that the Archibald Nuge uh, Ryan line could not be together. They were getting their heads stomped in, and that's not just in Game One. That was going back to the last series against LA. So. I needed them to not be together. And I was very, very happy to see that Jay Woodcroft split that trio up today. Changed it up a little bit different look in the top six. I think that the line combinations are probably some of the best, most exciting that I've seen from this team in a little bit now. So the change I wanted is the one that I got. And I know we'll get to it in a minute, but that's what it is. Rick, what would you do tonight? Yeah, you know what? The way I look at it right now, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of seeing Shore on that first line, but we're assuming he's just there to to take Leon's place till the drop of the puck. Um, I wasn't gonna, I was gonna go back to, to to Smith, so that's not a big deal. Defense, you know what? I guess comes down to health, and and if Barry's if Barry's out, then I think you actually have to run seven defensemen tonight, right? Because you're gonna run Broberg, and if Russell's there, Rashad says if Barry's Rashad out, says Barry's playing. Barry's playing. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, then you know what? The first, yeah, you had to fix the bottom six. That's for damn sure. Uh, obviously, Connor and Leon together right now with the way Leon is. So, uh, what I look at it right now, I, I kind of like it. I think our third line is going to be uh, a lot quicker than we than we've seen it before. But we just need our boy Fogel to uh, to, to pull his weight, and I think we'll be okay. Nation Dan, what would you do to well, the lineup tonight? I like. I'm looking at it now and like it, it makes sense, but yeah, I don't like, I don't know. I didn't look at any one player on that team on whatever night game one was uh, and said like that they, they are the problem here. And so for me, it was just kind of like any change I think would make any kind of change would just kind of rustle the feathers enough to, yeah. to make a move, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I don't like, I don't mind putting the, the, uh, the spotlight on Fogel a little bit and have him come back and have a big game hopefully and, and have a response. So yeah, for me, like I wasn't, I wasn't clamoring for any specific change. I just wanted to see some change like bag milk said, you know, even if it's just moving some lines around and breaking up some chemistry, that's been a little bit missing and lacking. Yeah, for me, and and I wrote about this a little bit earlier today on the site, I would have, you need to put Nugent Hopkins with some skill. Like Bag Milk said, you can't keep running him out there with that, with those two basically fourth line wingers and expecting him to produce offense. It's just not how it's going to happen. Um, and they're doing that. They're moving Nugent up with Hyman and Pugliarvi tonight. Kane is going up with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl didn't skate, but is expected to play. McLeod's going to play with Fogel and Yamamoto. Ryan, Archibald, and Cassian is the fourth line. The other change I would have made Man, Darnell Nurse does not look like himself. And we're going to chat with Frank Saravalli in about nine minutes here um, to discuss this a little bit. But he's reporting it's a core muscle injury for Nurse that may require surgery at the end of the season. Um, that is not like, good. Those are terrifying. I yeah. hate those. It's not good. And uh, but like another thing, Frank said it too in his article at dailyfaceoff.com. The fact that both he and Drysaddle are even playing right now is almost mm-hmm. a miracle. Yeah, it's that bad. Is it Yikes. is it fair for us to ask Frank like how how are all these things getting out about the Oilers when most teams it's like everything is just shut down during the playoffs? Is that a fair thing to ask him? I don't know. Well, should like yeah. should we just hold him upside down and shake him by the ankles until <laughs> he tells us? I, I just it's, for me it's for me when you look at the other teams it's like th- th- there is a an you know, excuse the reference, but an iron curtain of information that just does not get out. Does, any other team have, no. does anybody, does any other team have two of their top end players uh, going through issues right yeah. now? Uh, I think when it's the top end guys, like names, like, uh, like uh, Leon and nurse, yeah, that stuff's going to get out there. You, whether you look at it a little bit more or, you, you know, you, you dig a little bit deeper. If it's the bottom end guys, it's, it is what it is. But I think well, if anyone else had big name guys out there, um, we'd probably know at least the same type of thing we know about these guys. I, I, think, I agree, yeah, I I agree with Rick it. in the sense that like you look at Leon and you look at mm. Daryl and they just don't look right. So mm-hmm. a guy like Frank, I mean, we'll ask him, but like a guy like Frank, you would have to think that leads him, the journalist in him to go, what's going on with these two guys? Start because he's the one that broke the story on Leon's high ankle sprain as well. Today it's Darnell nurse. So you, you got to think that Frank is in Calgary right now. He's looking at how they played in game one. He's just like, something's not right here. Yeah. 
Hey, like it's, it. not, it's not like it's a big competitive disadvantage for the Oilers. Like, even if Frank no. didn't report it, everyone knew Dry had a lot of leg injury. The Flames would be going at it, right? So, um, yeah, they're going to need everybody knew, everybody knew Darnell Nurse was injured too, but yeah. the but extent a, of it is what's what's a, a little cor- bit jarring. It's not even the extent, it's the it is the injury itself. Core injuries yeah. scare the shit out of me. I think Martin Havlaff fought a core injury for like four years or something stupid. Uh, core injury set back uh, Benson's junior career two or three seasons. Cause it just takes so long to get over it. You use your course so much that everything that is a terrifying injury to me. What do we think about the potential decision? Cause the D pairings are going to be nurse and CC Keith and Bouchard and Kulak with Barry who was sick this morning, but is expected to play 12 and six again, right move or wrong move, Rick. Uh, you know what? I think after last game, you saw that you needed some, you needed to change something up. You needed to fix something in your own end. And if that means getting out an extra forward or something, I was, I was honestly, I was lost at a loss after last game. I don't know how it happened, why it happened. Um, so I I'm okay with any, any changes being made right now. Nothing too drastic, but you go back to 12 and six, it, it just do what you have to do to, 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 to change the mojo of whatever happened ended last game. I'm yeah, I'm with Rick. Like when you look at that game, you you can't point at any one thing and say like this is where the fix needed to be made. But I definitely I definitely noticed a lot of giveaways on the short boards on both ends. You know, just inside the blue lines on either side. Um, it felt like there was that was where the puck turnovers were happening, especially in that first period. And so for me, you know, yeah, I think what you said, Rick, is is true. Is that these wingers maybe they need a little bit more consistency, and and so that change up maybe gives them that too. Bag milk. I don't know, man. I just, what do you do? Mm-hmm. We need to win. That's all mm-hmm. you got to win. And I think that there's a laundry list of the things that the others can do better tonight. And they need to check off as many of those off the list. And if you're looking, if we're going back to the injuries, just for a quick second, you have to have everybody pulling their weight. No passengers tonight. They cannot have that. We need to get the split in Calgary. There's a lot of areas to improve. Good news is they still scored six, even strength goals on Markstrom, but like there's plenty of areas that the others can tighten up here. And if they do that, they're going to give themselves a chance here. So I think that's ultimately important. I cannot see the others being down by three goals that early again. You know, there's no way boys have to be out ready. They have to have death metal in that dressing room before the game. They need the blood to be angry. Yanni Nieman that are play the DJ. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Even Where paused Yanni to let the crowd go crazy, and they the players still couldn't get up for it. It's crazy, dude. But it's happened with every like every era of this team. Whether you go back to like when we were kids, you yeah. change the players, change the coaches, change the management, change the ownership. We've always had issues with the fucking first period. I don't understand it. What is either. like this, this city, this city is fucking electric. If you just go out for lunch in the same building as, uh, as people, you feel the vibes yeah. coming off of them. I have no idea why this team does not come out a thousand miles an hour every single time, especially this time of year. I don't get it either. Like the, the fans, the cities, both cities, the entire province, the flames for that matter, were so fired up for game one, how we were so just caught watching is just, I don't get it. Did they need I, to watch the CBC preview? Because Kickstarter My Heart had me juiced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that, uh, that whole period. I, like, I, I'm not a guy that usually writes off things early, but after six to one, I said, like, let's move on to game two. I know they came back, but like, that was just a, a, a comedy, an utter comedy of, of errors and mistakes that just kept going in our net. But that too, they, made, they came back, they got to the top of the map, yeah. they evened it off again. <laughs> And you still lose by three goals. Well, that's just it. And in the third period, that was the only period last game where the Oilers outshot the Flames and they still allowed three goals. Like, I don't think it's also unfair to be like, boys, we need a save here. Oh, yeah. And especially everybody, everybody out there has to do something better. Yes. And like when you've got a night when Jacob Markstrom doesn't look like Jacob Markstrom, you got to take advantage of that because you got to imagine he's going to be better. There's no way he's not going to be better tonight. So they need to do more shots. Obviously you can't have eight shots on goal through the first 30 minutes of the game. That's just not going to work. They need to get more traffic in front of them. They can't just let Connor McDavid do everything. Sure. He's going to try, but you can't let him do it. Yeah. Did it, 
Did it feel like to you guys, like they were setting up Markstrom though, for the start of this series again, like it felt like that with quick with me where the wraparound and they were going short side all the time. And with Markstrom, it's the, it's the walking out and trying to go on his, on, I guess it's his blocker side, um, wide side. So uh, like, I, I, I don't know. People say that Markstrom is not going to let in that many goals. I feel like this team has something with a lot of these goalies where they can go at, they can go back to that well and they're going to keep trying and they're going to do it again. I think to Markstrom tonight. Since Markstrom, since Markstrom joined the Flames, he has like a he has like an eight eighty save percentage against the Oilers. Sorry, go ahead, Rick. This team needs to score. It's kind of like they're they're almost a little fragile. The the, the further Mm -hmm. they go without a goal, it's almost like they get a little more fragile. They they grip it. So seeing them score six goals. Dude, I expect I expect them to come up freewheeling tonight. They got to take care of the the business in their own damn end, though. Yeah, and that starts right from the puck drop. You can't be giving up glorious scoring chances right off the bat. The goalies have to be able to stop the first couple of shots as well, um, and that ties in. We'll have I don't know. If, yeah, we got time to to dig into this. Like I thought that first goal on Schmidty, second goal he could have stopped. Um, but there was a bad play by Nugent Hopkins in that end. The third one, there was a bad turnover by Vander Kane, but Smith still could have stopped it. So like, you need to save. You need someone to bail you out once in a while. But when you're making like grade A mistake after grade A mistake after grade A mistake, like it's on everyone. Like that's why I don't think they're going to start as bad as they did again, because it was a big stew of just mistakes in that first few minutes, right? Like I everyone was fucking how up. many mistakes they were making. It was just like stuff that would have never happened in game six and seven mm. of the last years. I know it's not, it's LA. It's not Calgary, blah, blah, blah. But get the fuck out of here. They weren't making those errors. They weren't passing to no one. They weren't losing their checks. They weren't just falling. That was just, I've never, I haven't seen the others look that sloppy in a long, yeah. long time. The only good thing show- is, the only good thing is, is they all had a bad game all at once. So if everyone's going to have a bad game, a one bad game in the series, let's all do it together. Let's all do it at once. Get it the hell out of the way and then pull it back together and straighten shit out for the next fucking six games. They got to get pissed. They got to get mad. They got to like, they can't accept that the flames are going to throw everything at them. They have to fight back. There was too much just nonchalance in the first game where it's just like, Oh man, the flames are coming. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. They're aggressive. Like you got to find a way you've got to find a way to fight back. Yes. The flames are bigger. Who cares? You look at a guy like Yamamoto. He has never shied away from a battle. And if a guy like Yamo can do it, there's no reason that other players should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see what we get here tonight. Uh, we're going to be joined by Frank Cervalli in a couple of minutes. But first, we got our big watch party going on tonight. Pint on white. I will be hosting. Good times will be had. We got giveaways. We are giving away. Get this. Two nights stay Fairmont JPL. And you won't even have to bring your car out there because we're giving you an Alfa Romeo to zip out to Jasper in for a nice little weekend getaway. Ooh. We're giving that Come away. On. Playoff experience that can get you in the building for game four at Rogers. We're giving away a jersey tonight. We're giving away drink tickets. We're giving away gift cards. We're giving away a whole bunch of stuff. It'll be a blast. Pint on white tonight. I'll be there. Liam will be there. Jay, Cowboy Chris will be there as well. And uh, you know what? Let's say you're not going out to the watch party. That's okay. It's not for everyone. Maybe you're just the type who wants to sit at home, have a couple of beers on the couch, and enjoy the game. Well, then our- I would be. I would be there with you if I wasn't shitting my pants. All right. Thank you for that heads up. <laughs> Ace Liquor, Wine and Beyond, and Liquor Depot. We're partnering up with them for the remainder of the playoff run, where they are putting Budweiser, Bud Light, Molson Canadian, and Coors Light on special. $35.99 for a 24-pack. That should last you a couple battles of Alberta here as we roll our way through the long weekend. Two games on the long weekend. It does not get any better than that. Shout out to Ace Liquor, Wine and Beyond, and Liquor Depot as well. Boys? While we're waiting for Frank, can we just yep. like complain about the not what what time is this game actually going to start at? Eight fifty. Announced nine o'clock. Like what is that? I, it's yeah, it's crazy, man. shockingly bad. Me and my buddies were joking that it's like you when you get a beer league game moved because the ice isn't available for another hour. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like who has the saddle dome booked? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just like there's like a like a small kids like pee wee tournament going on right now, and they're just like, sorry, kids end at like kids end at nine. But the other thing too, before this season, the NHL has literally never given a shit about having two playoff games overlap. That stuff happened all the time, and now this is the year where the Oilers make the second round, and they're like, listen, what do you want us to do? Have the third period of one game overlap with the first period of another? Come on. 
It's like, oh, I've never done that before. Like 850 star. That means the best player on the planet, the most electrifying marketable star you have in the sport is going to play in a playoff game against his franchise's biggest rival. And if you're on the East Coast, you're going to have to stay up till two in the morning to finish watching this hockey game. Two fifteen in the morning if it doesn't go to overtime. Even looking at the better. Rangers, even looking at the Rangers and Hurricanes, why does it start at eight o'clock Eastern? Eight o'clock was, up there. That's I was just going to say, and then it even gets better if you look at the rest of the weekend. Tomorrow, there's only one hockey game because there's something <laughs> going on in Carolina, so that game got bumped. And then Sunday, here's the best part. So Sunday, we are going to have games overlapping each other. Tyler, they do do this. In fact, uh, the Panthers and the Lightning start at one thirty Eastern, and then the Hurricanes and Rangers start two hours later at three thirty Eastern. But wait, the last game is the Oilers and Flames. When does it? start eight o'clock at night eastern time no big deal like just absolutely silly around the schedules so, the only game in, that we've had so far in the playoffs that has started earlier than eight o'clock and it's six o'clock on sunday it's just makes no sense so the i mean i'm happy about it is, yeah so, sun, sunday funday roll it into a into a playoff game buddy that is trust me that is that's prime that's good primo. Dude, we did that once against Anaheim. We lit him up. I got back to the bar. His son was still out. It was fantastic. Uh, the reasoning is, for those wondering, ESPN is airing the PGA Championship, and they don't end their coverage until 8 Eastern. Oh, man. <laughs> so. That's like when the playoffs used to get bumped because of the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And you're like, why? Nobody wants to watch horse races. Also wants to watch guys skate on yeah. pieces of metal. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's uh, welcome in our friend Frank Saravalli for Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstoneins.ca. If you need a little bit, if you need insurance in your life, just head to our friends at Cornerstone. They got you covered. If you scroll down to the bottom, little teammate of the nation button there, cornerstoneins.ca, Edmonton's finest. And now we bring in Philly's finest, who's reporting from Calgary, Frank Saravalli. How's it going, Frank? What is going on? We're panicking. We're just freaking the hell out. We're 20 minutes into the podcast. We've just been yelling. Makes sense. I I get it. Um, I truly get it. I just... When you look at the way game one unfolded, I just think there's so many question marks, so many things we're going to learn about this Oilers team in game two. But Frank, don't you think like, I know you were down at the Saddle Dome. First of all, how much did it smell like feet? You didn't answer my tweet. Was it 12 out of 10? Yeah, yeah weird. So weird flex by you on that tweet and no shock coming from you. But like, I don't, I'm not a purveyor of feet. I don't know what feet smell like. So I, I'm not a foot guy. But like how sloppy. Put that in the show is, notes. Frank's are how, not a foot guy. Yeah, not a foot guy. How sloppy were the Oilers in that game, Frank? They just looked like they were not even prepared to play. I don't even know if it's prepared to play. I think it was prepared. To, well, first off, when you, your goalie gives up a shot like that, nine seconds in, like <laughs> that, 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 I think that throws everyone off. But what surprised me the most, and maybe it shouldn't, having watched this team pretty consistently this year, is they really struggled managing the Flames' forecheck. It was ferocious. And when you've seen at varying points this year the Oilers lose their way, it's because they can't handle it. And it's not because they're not tough. It's not because they don't try. It's not any of those things. It's that I don't, I don't know that they have enough speed on their back end to counteract it. And I think that's a big cause for concern and issue is, you know, you can try and absorb it as best you can, but you've got to be ready for it. And they just, they weren't ready for that part of it. Um, that the flames, they, the flames around their show that way in game one. Well, you talk about speed on the back end. That's going to lead me to the article you wrote today at dailyfaceoff.com about Darnell Nurse. He's a guy that normally would be getting back there with speed, taking the puck out, getting it out of danger. What are you hearing on Daryl? Yeah, he's uh, he's in a tough spot. And it was, it was odd today to hear Jay Woodcroft speak and say Darnell is healthy and available to us. Well, like, available, yes. Healthy, no. And not going to be healthy anytime soon. I, you know, I reported in my story today that sources indicate he has a, a core muscle injury that may require surgery when the season is over. And if you've watched his play, it's probably not that much of a shock. My thing is I, and I understand the nerves and I think your nerves as a fan. And the big reason for that is because, you know, those injuries loom large. I kind of wish I could redo or get a second shot at my pick in round two. I took the Oilers in seven because I didn't, until I saw firsthand and, and sometimes, you know, watching on TV, you don't get a, a glimpse of gaps and, and the way that defensemen are going back to pucks and, and all those things until you see them firsthand. 
Darnell Nurse is really hurt, and that's pretty alarming. Well, like you said in your story, he played the fewest minutes he has in a long time. He does not have All physicality. And it's just, that's a big problem. Like, is this one of those things where you're almost kind of wondering, and I'm as a fan wondering, would it almost be better to let not have Darnell Nurse playing? I... Rick Rick Chicken no, said no. We don't really have anybody else to play. I think yeah, you can, uh, based on the LA series, you can maybe ask Kulak to take a little bit more and put Darnell as the number two. But you take him out, it's Broberg. It's Russell. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I would swap Broberg for Russell. And mm-hmm. that's not a knock on Russell. I, I just think Broberg has a better skating ability. And uh, Russell, full marks for the way that he plays and digs in his physicality. But it just, you don't need that. You don't need a guy who can take a hit. You need a guy who can escape a hit. And mm-hmm. right now, Darnell Nurse doesn't even have the ability leverage-wise to even really engage. You know, game one, he doesn't register a single hit on the stat sheet. Like It's the Battle of Alberta. How is that possible? This is a guy that's normally in the top 10 in the league and hits every year. When you have an injury like that, it affects every part of your game. You're skating, you're shooting. You know, you're going to hit people and leverage, like all those things play into it. That's where all your strength comes from. And, you know, it's, it kind of feels like it's early to say this. It feels like we're being robbed of what a true battle of Alberta would be like, like you want your best players going up against their best players and no excuses. The Oilers aren't making them. Uh, The flames aren't crying. Um, this is, this is for keeps. This is the Stanley cup playoffs. But, you know, I I think when you look at it as a fan, it's tough to, you know, to watch because you want to see your best go up against their best. And right now the Oilers with two of their three best players really banged up. They don't. And this is no breaking news to you guys, but the Oilers rely on their stars more than a lot of other teams. And to have two of those three really banged up, they're in trouble. So let me throw this your way. Uh, we know dry settles banged up. It's not going to get better. We know nurses banged up. It's not going to get better. Connor McDavid has been just out of this world. So he's, uh, he's on a different conversation altogether. Who's a healthy oiler that or a healthy oiler or two that they need more from in game two. You guys have, have talked about Everybody. it, looked at it, you know, everybody. Yes. <laughs> but I'd say Nuge, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins needs to but be a lot question. better. I thought he would be a pivotal player in this series, potentially someone that might be able to swing at the Oilers way. And he's someone that was pretty bad in game one. He really struggled. And I don't know what that was. I don't know if he wasn't engaged. I don't know if he, something was, I don't know why I can't come up with a reason why, but there were maybe two players in the mix, like truly in the mix on Monday night. And Connor was one. It's not a very long list after him. I thought that was Once, Evander Kane's worst game as an oiler. I thought he was just absolutely horrendous. The turnovers were bad. He was getting distracted by the shit he shouldn't get distracted by. He was nothing in the offensive zone. He's another guy who it's the battle of Alberta. Frank, you said on the daily face show, like Matt Kachuk lives for these moments in these series. He's built for it as that unicorn kind of player. Evander Kane needs to be Edmonton's Matt Kachuk, where yes, he's pesky. Yes, he's doing shit after the whistle and getting under their skin, but he's got to score. He's got to make an impact offensively for this team. Yeah, and he he wasn't, and there he is out there chirping again today, saying, yeah. you know, Milan Lucic will take him anytime we can get him on the ice. Like it, it, <laughs> it's, it's great to say it, but like Lucic has been fine. Yeah, Lucic ha- has not gotten caved in offensively and and chance wise, and not for nothing, they ran the the Flames ran the Oilers a few times, and specifically McDavid that they didn't really have an answer for, you know, you saw Kane jump in there and try and grab Lucic. I don't know why Lucic didn't make any sense for him to fight in that moment. Um, and I kind of thought just from a pure emotional standpoint, the Oilers ended game one with a whimper. Like they, they kind of, they claw all the way back. They make it six, six. And that next goal was so critical. And they just, it was almost like they got to the top of the mountain and we're like, Hey, you know what? We're going to take our foot off the gas now. Yep. And that skirmish to end the game as the horn sounded, it was like that game, that skirmish summed up for me what the Oilers effort was in game one. Cause they wanted no parts of it. 
a so big thing Frank, that I couldn't believe on in game one. Sorry, Dan was okay. we're talking about a nine, six hockey game. The Oilers looked horrible on the power play there. like of all the problems I could have imagined. That wasn't one of them. What did you see about the power play? What was going wrong? Cause Calgary from my eyes, my side of the screen, they were very aggressive on the kill. Well, they are aggressive and they're good at it. Um, a big part of the Oilers game overall, not just on the power play, but it, it affected them at regulars, you know, even strength too, was um, their ability to get through the neutral zone. Like the Oilers couldn't really even set up because they were getting picked off coming out of their own end. And on top of that, um, they were having an issue where they, you know, they couldn't get set up. They were getting hit on the walls coming over the blue line you know, breaking up plays, the flames did a great job of all that. And sort of anything that the Oilers were able to create came off of broken plays. It felt like. Well, yeah, they I, couldn't I, win any battles down low. They couldn't let any battles for away from the puck. They couldn't win anything. They couldn't control the puck. They got to move the puck faster. Yeah. Rick, they weren't even getting it in low. Like it, no. it, it was, get, no. it wasn't going past the dots. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was brutal. Dan? Just getting inside that blue line. I was just going to ask Frank, you had mentioned earlier that you'd love to have a do over on your Oilers and seven. What would you say right now after game one? Flames oh, <laughs> in five. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Frank. I, I could, yeah. And I thought that was one thing that the flames had the ability to make this a short series and the Oilers didn't. And the reason I picked the Oilers in seven was because I figured if it does go the distance, if this is as close as we think it might be, or I thought it might be, that I'm going to bet on Connor McDavid every time mm-hmm. in a, in a seventh game. I just, I don't know that the Oilers have the horses. I really don't to, to think that they can keep up with this flames team as they're constituted. Look, maybe we see some crazy bounce back game. Um, the Oilers have shown their, the ability to do that, you know, games, you know, six and seven, they were fantastic. After they gave up nine last time against Calgary, they won six in a row. There's a lot of things you can point to, you know, the loss against Minnesota, the way they bounced back after that game earlier this year, you know, there have been bright spots, but there's a few things ailing this team aside from health. It's the poor starts. It's, you know, Mike Smith question mark and goal. I don't, I don't think you're going to get another game like that out of Jacob Markstrom. I could be wrong. Maybe this is just one of those series where both goalies have a save percentage in the eights. I, I just, I don't know that I necessarily see Markstrom being that bad. And if the Oilers even, though they scored all, you know, a bunch of their goals or all their goals at even strength. I, I just, they, they were so bad at even strength, those goals, notwithstanding most of them on Markstrom that it, it's going to be difficult. Obviously you can't answer this. So I'm just going to ask you to speculate a little bit. What do you make of the Oilers slow start? You can't answer it. So I'm going to ask. <laughs> <you> anyway. ask. <laughs> what do you make of the slow starts though? Like, cause we talked about it before you jumped on for as hyped as the cities were, the province were obviously the flames were the Oilers came out crawling off the line. Well, like I said, that, that goal will do that to you. Yeah. Hitting off Smith's glove and whiffing at it nine seconds in and the place just erupts. Like that's, it's going to put you back on your heels. I don't have an answer for you. I don't, you know, I've covered enough teams that start really poorly. And I, and I, you know, I I don't know why that is, you know, I don't know why certain teams have the ability to impose their will on others better. In this case, um, since it's lasted past a number of coaches now, I, I don't know that it's a coach thing. I don't know that it's a preparation thing it feels like it's on the players to just to be better six out of eight playoff games. Now you've had an atrocious start. It needs to be better. It just, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's, but it's been through coaches. It's been through GMs. It's been through different <laughs> eras of players. They have, they're clearly cursed by a witch. Um, the reasons like, that's it. Oh yeah. All we have at Oilers nation is hope, right? Hope will never die. That's the slogan. The reason I have hope is they found a way to score six at even strength against the flames. Jacob Markstrom in battles of Alberta has a career 884 save percentage in flames versus Oilers games. So the Oilers have shown they can get to him and Mike Smith hasn't really been bad on back-to-back games yet in the playoffs, but I, but I'm kind of with you, Frank, where I feel a little bit uneasy. Um, but the goal going into Calgary was to get the split, right? That's what the road team always tries to do in these series. So you need a big performance tonight. It might just take Connor McDavid willing this team to four wins. If they're going to win this series though, from based on what you're kind of saying, right? And that's, I mean, I guess that's possible. I just think this 
Flames team is so much better than the Kings team that the Oilers just beat. And the King, the Flames just, sorry, the Oilers, excuse me. And Tyler, we mentioned this on the daily faceoff show before mm-hmm. the playoffs started is the Oilers have a penchant to beat themselves. Yeah. You know, they have these moments where they shoot themselves in the foot. It's been the, you know, sort of story of their last few play their seasons, last few seasons. And also, um, you know, this, their last few playoff appearances, they, they make the big mistake. They give up the home run. They don't give up singles and doubles. And that, that was like a home run game in game one, like multi-deck grand slam for six minutes for Calgary. They somehow found a way to erase it and then fell apart again. So parts of that game were just wild and uncharacteristic and unpredictable. Maybe we see some of that. Like I've covered some wacky, wacky playoff series that flyers penguins won in 2012 was insane. And it was very similar. It started the same way. Um, and it kept going all the way through. Maybe that happens. I just tend to think that things snap closer back to normal. If you're an Oilers fan, Frank, uh, anything that you take away from game one that you can kind of use as a rally or, is that just one that you kind of flush and forget about? Yeah, I, there wasn't a whole lot of positive. Like it was complete and total domination by the Flames at even strength. Um, there's nothing to really point yeah. to special teams wise. Certainly not in net. Daryl Sutter has the clear advantage experience wise over Jay Croft, Jay Woodcroft. I, I don't. I don't. Uh, nothing like McDavid. That's it. All right. Like. Does McJesus part the, the sea of red? Like that's it. And as Frank said, Oilers in seven. Here we go. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. yeah, ignore all the other stuff. Frank says Oilers in seven. All right, uh, Frank, over tonight though. Oh, we're hammering I, I you said, over, baby. I said four three. So right. that's that's cutting it close, but it's it's over. And you didn't say for who, so we're ending it on that note, Frank. <laughs> Thanks for giving us some time, Frank. Uh, you'll be up in Edmonton on Sunday, so look forward to seeing you. Enjoy it, guys. Can't wait. All right, there you go. That is Frank Saravalli from dailyfaceoff.com. A good friend as he sits and closes his Zoom call. Uh, Frankie, not optimistic. I meant to ask him about Holloway. Damn it, that's what I wanted to do. Ah. He did did say, though, if it was going to be tight, he was going to bet on Connor. So if he's calling a a tight game tonight, therefore he has to put it on Connor. He said 4-3. Taking those two points of view, he must be saying 4-3 Oilers tonight. All I heard was Oilers in seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick deciphering the, the Saravali code. Um, bag milk. Should we get to a little bit of uh, Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza? I had Buster's Pizza the other day. And how about this? The deals were so good that I ordered so much pizza. I'm still eating Buster's Pizza before game two. I have so well, much left in my fridge. That's just a power move, though. Yeah. Uh, so that's I got just, some. That's just good planning right there. I got some Buster's pizza. pizza. I did a uh, Hawaiian. I'm a big Hawaiian guy. Mock me if you must. And then I did a barbecue. I'm a Hawaiian guy. Barbecue chicken bacon is the other one. I'm still crushing them both. I think that if you're not a Hawaiian guy, then, you know, readjust your priorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Excuse me while I vamp here for a second, Tyler. I'm posting the GDB while we're talking. (laughs) You know, I like to multitask. All right. For our friends at Buster's Pizza, of course, you know the rules. The boys have not heard or seen these questions. I'm just asking them. So they give their first reactions off the dome. First question I'm going to ask my friend Nation Dan. You're up first. What is a fan game day ritual you had or previously had that people would consider to be over the top? Uh, I mean, me, I I've run stupid amounts of kilometers for this team for literally no reason. Nobody on the team knows who I am or cares who I am. So I would say my kilometers that I've run are my, uh, my weird thing. Rick, any game day? I don't know what you call that. Like, no, you know, what? Yeah. 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 Soon, when, if you're coming off of victory, you kind of stick to the same type of stuff. Otherwise, uh, I save all my focus for once the puck gets dropped. Tyler? Uh, whenever Nugent Hopkins scores a classic Nugent Hopkins goal, I text Bag Milk and one of my other buddies um, the Nugent Hopkins checklist. So that's one like Oilers ritual I have. Um, but other than that, like not really, I don't think. Like, What's I, this checklist? It's, oh, it's, it's classic. I, lo- I look forward to it every time he scores. It's every I Nugent Hopkins goal ever. Leg up, 
snapshot, sometimes low blockers. So sometimes that doesn't get checked off, but it's usually leg up, snapshot, low blocker. And then the classic little fist bump, the little nuge fist bump. He celebrates the same goal every way. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's the checklist. For me, I I gotten a little bit weird in the playoffs and I'm going to confess to you guys now what I've done that uh, I hadn't told you before. After the Oilers lost games four and five against LA, I shaved my playoff beard before game six. They won. So then I shaved again before game seven. They won. On Wednesday, I did not shave. I was sick and I forgot they lost. So today, clean shaven. Just got to find those little things and help out the team where you can. Yep. Doing anything I can out here. I respect. Uh, question. Question number two for Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Tyler, I'm starting with you. All right. Do the Oilers need to make this series versus the Flames the opposite of everyone of what everyone wants it to be? Do they need to make it boring? Would this series be better for the Oilers if they just play whistle to whistle, not engage the Flames after that, and let them drag the Oilers into a and not let them drag the Oilers into a fight? Well, it's like boring in the sense of no physical fireworks. Yeah, I think so. You probably don't need to get involved after after the whistles. You need to take your power plays and that's it. Take your power plays, beat the flames where you can. And that's what the special teams um, where they need to make it exciting and fast paced is between the whistles. Push the pace offensively. Get your scoring chances. You show that you can beat Markstrom. As I said with the 884 save percentage, you've continually shown that you can keep beating Jacob Markstrom. So push the pace offensively at five on five. Absolutely. Stay out of the shit after the whistle. I agree. Dan, do you think the Oilers need to make this a little bit more boring? Uh, I do just because there's a lack of, there's a lack of, of team toughness there. Otherwise this team had seven fights in the regular season, which is tied for 32nd in the league. So I, and you, and we hear, you know, from Frank Saravelli himself, that there's a core injury with Darnell nurse, who is one of the guys that you would count on to be the nuclear deterrent in those scrums afterwards. So yeah, you have to start to look at the headlines that say the Oilers have no response for Milan Lucic is hopefully the referees have a response for him because otherwise, you know, his hits on McDavid after the whistle are going to just keep going unchecked and you have to leave him unchecked and hopefully you get the power play and you make him pay that way. Rick, what are you thinking? Honestly, man, I, I really don't know. I mean, there is a, there is a way of playing a, a more sound five on five game, which the kind they did against LA in game sixes and seven. And uh, yeah, I agree with you guys. You got to kind of stay away from the, extra bullshit afterwards, but at the same time, he can't allow them to push you around. He saw it in game one. If he didn't do something, we sat here and said, no, you got to be involved in that stuff. You can't let it happen. All of a sudden they allow it happen. And some guy gets to crawl up Leon's back and pull him backwards and, and, you know, and mess up and mess up his ankle. So they just have to be better. Like it doesn't matter about being, they just have to be better period. That's hands down better. Uh, I'm going to say, I think probably trying to slow it down a little bit would be beneficial. Um, we'll be interested to see how Jay Woodcroft adjusts to trying to slow it down. Cause like Frank said in the interview, the flames are all over the boys and that is an aggressive four track. Got to try and figure out how to slow it down. Rick, I'm starting with you. It feels like having Kane on the Oilers is sort of a do-over of the Lucic experiment gone right, as opposed to going wrong. The question is what's your favorite experiment gone right or gone wrong? Could be with the Oilers, could be anything you like. <laughs> Well, first of all, I don't put those two guys in the same category at all. Um, I think Kane's a, a much better player. I see the uh, offense and the physicalness, and I understand where the comparisons are coming in there. But yeah, no, I say uh, Kane's a, a much better player. Um, you know what? I don't. I I don't know if I can come up with uh, all, of draft picks, all of our draft All of our draft pick. All of our high end draft picks through like '96 through 2005 were experiments we expected to go well and, and fell flat on their face. I think the entire draft class of 99 never played one game. So yeah, there's an experiment. You had a draft year and not one player fucking major team. Uh, Dan, other options could be the Oilers, could be other teams, could be sports, could be food, could be life, whatever you like. Uh, my favorite experiment of all time was one Barry Marshall and he drank uh, a fluid that I'm just looking it up to make sure that I get it right. He drank a fluid, which gave him an ultra, an ulcer and he figured out how ulcers 
um, happened because he drank this fluid and he did it on purpose. So anyways, that's my favorite experiment of all time. Uh, <laughs> hockey related experiment. Uh, <laughs> Science. You asked, the, you asked the question, you opened the door. How did, you come, up with, how did you come up with that in that little time? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I am a barrel of random facts. Um, but uh, favorite on ice experiment. I thought that it went horribly wrong, but has to be has to be the three headed goalie that we did for a year for a year there, where we played Mike Morrison in the shootouts and and UC marketing overtime and somebody else in regulation. Like it was, I love that time. It was such a chaotic time to be an Oilers fan because that was the top of the, of discussion, not how we played. It was that we played three goalie. Tyler, uh, the tie ratty experiment was a good one, right? We all remember ah, that fondly. He was the answer. He was. Yeah, the I answer. saw a Ty Ratty jersey at Game Seven. Wow, I don't even yeah. know why someone would own that, but okay. What are you? I sure it wasn't those. Ty Ratty himself hoping he could get back out there. Mm-hmm. I love. I love those real Oilers fans have horrible jerseys. Like Liam's Dustin Penner jersey, autographed Dustin Penner jersey that he has hanging up well, in, behind. Penner him. was a big part of this I team know. for a couple of years. Yeah, he know, was so a great. Not, I loved him. But Liam bought it like a month ago. For a hundred dollars. If I can go outside of the Oilers though, back in like 2014 when the Jays made those trades and they got like Josh Johnson and Jose Reyes and R.A. Dickey and they like loaded up this team. They were supposed to be like this super team that was going to go all the way and win the World Series and then they were just fucking terrible like every year with that experiment. I know they one year I think they were like in it at the deadline, but that was a fun experiment. Not really, but looking back on it, it's funny. Uh, worst experiment for me was allowing Peter Shirelli to make trades while he was drowning. That did not go well for the Oilers, and I would prefer they didn't do it. Outside of the Oilers, my favorite experiment gone wrong was when Tyler tried mussels and red wine for the first time. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. That is probably that night will live in my head and my phone forever, and I'm very grateful for it. And that's I, a fine cuisine. That's a fine cuisine, though. There, I like. That. I like that idea. It was. It was delicious. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, no. it did not sit well. Uh, question that will number- never see the light of day publicly. <laughs> Question number four. Ask the idiots for our friends at BustersPizza.ca. Tyler, I'm starting with you. The Oilers play terribly and score six while the Flames pay, played well and score nine. If the Oil play even their B game, they got this, my opinion. So the question is, am I an idiot for taking an optimistic approach to this series? Never. Hope will never die. If the Oilers bring their A game, this thing will be close. Against LA, I would say... When the Oilers bring their A game, it's not even a contest. They will win. Against Calgary, it's not the same. They need to bring their A game to compete. But if they do that, like Frank said, how can you bet against Connor McDavid? So if the Oilers bring their A game, control what they can, they absolutely have a shot here. You should feel optimistic if you're an Oilers fan. It's the fucking playoffs. You can be pessimistic next December when they lose a game to Columbus. I don't give a shit. But right now, let's bring the positivity. Rick, is our friend a idiot for being optimistic about the way things went? Absolutely not. That's the only way to be right now. It's a one nothing in, the, in a seven-game series. This is not over. There's nobody in the dressing room who's thrown in the towel. Everyone is sitting there going, you know what? That was a terrible game. And in the third period, it was tied up. We had an opportunity. And then we went on to some more terrible things. But we can fix that if we just come out and play our game properly. So, no, having a... a, a Optimistic point of view. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nation Dan. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I get on a roller coaster, I'm worried about how it's going to end. No, I'm looking forward to the next part of the ride and the experience that I'm going to get to enjoy. And I'm not looking next to my friends and saying, Hey guys, is it over yet? Is it over? No, we're enjoying the ride. We're on the ride and we get to enjoy it until it's over. And we don't get any say in how that happens. We have no say in the outcome. So let's just have some fun and be optimistic while we can. I'm going to agree. No, hope will never die. Always be optimistic. It's a positive Friday. Who knows what could happen? Right. Just for, just for the record, on any rides like that, though, Dan, on a roller coaster, if you were able to get me on a roller coaster, I promise you the only thing going through my head at that time would be, how is this going to kill me right now? This is terrifying. <laughs> get me the hell off. But this yeah, is completely but, different. Preach. I agree yes. with you. I'm just saying on, on a roller coaster, <laughs> good Lord, not going to have, you're not going to find positive Rick there. That's fair. All right, boys, we got to give out a GC here. So what do we got for votes? First, your first option is your game day ritual. Second is, should the Oilers make this boring? Third, what's your favorite experiment gone right or wrong? And fourth, is it wrong to be optimistic? I'm voting for the experiment one. 
Rick, because optimism. I got the chance, because I got the chance to talk about the peptic ulcer disease, <laughs> it's going to be experiment. Uh, I don't believe Marcus has won before, so I'm just going to let it sit. We're going to give it the experiment gone right or wrong. And so, Marcus, I will reach out to you. You just won yourself a gift card from our friends at busterspizza.ca. Woo, shout out to Marcus. And Buster's Pizza. Uh-huh. And shout out to our friends at DoorDash, Ding Dong, promo code ON Radio. Pod DD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. DoorDash. Uh, should we wrap this thing up with a little hot and cold performers, boys? Yes. Is that a resounding? Sure. Rick says, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Hot and cold performers brought to you by our friends at twigandberries.ca. Promo code nation15 gets you 15% off your order. Look styling this summer. Head over to twigandberries.ca. They also have a store in St. Albert. Uh, just out, just off the hen day as well. So it's easy for everyone to get to. Uh, hot and cold performers, as always, we will start with our veggies. And bag milk, since you never get to go first, I will let you go first for hot and cold performers. My, is this Twig and Berry's hot and cold performers? Yeah. My Twig and Berry's hot and cold or cold performer of the week is my insides because the last probably 36 hours of my life have been absolutely horrible. Uh, I had my first meal today and my stomach feels angry at me right What'd now. So I'm going to say my insides are my cold performer of the week. I'm upset. I am upset. Just dumb tums upset. Rick? <laughs> uh, you know what? I know that this is going to be a little controversial. Some people are going to say if there's nothing wrong with it. It's a family thing. It's all good. But maybe not the family part of it per se. But if you're a professional athlete playing a specific sport, I don't believe, even if you're cheering for your brother, that you should wear the colors of a different team. Even the logo, I think, was on that shirt. I don't think you should do that. As an Oiler fan, I would not be too jacked up to see Ryan McLeod walk around in a Devil's jersey while he's cheering on his brother out in New Jersey. I have no problem cheering for him, but I don't think you should put on the uniform or even the colors or a T-shirt or the emblem. So I'm going to say not so much Brady for this one, but just the act of professional sports players wearing the colors of another team in their own league. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Dan. Well, you... You stole one from me, Rick. I was going to go there. Not to say that necessarily the negative. I just want Sens fans to come get Brady. Like, I want Sens fans to be <laughs> mad that he's there. Uh, but for Someone me, just comes, grabs him by the arm, takes him out of there. Like, get out of here. Let's go. Yeah. For me, I'm going to give it to another member of the Kachuk family. It's going to go to Keith Kachuk. Yeah. Not for the not for the fact that he didn't throw his hat. Because, oh, you know what? Oh. I'm fine with it. But he didn't have any reasons. He just, afterwards, when they asked him, he was grasping at straws. It was his favorite hat. And there was a net in front of him. And he didn't want to do it. And he doesn't love his son, Matthew. And, you know, all these different <laughs> reasons. And I just, uh, like, come up with one reason and then be done with it. But so for me, Keith Kachuk own why you don't want to throw a hat fight the fight throwing hats for hat tricks if that's what you want to do instead of taking uh, the easy way out and just rambling off 16 different reasons Worst. one of them wasn't matthew kachuk just by the way Worst. all right i um, threw a hat dead at the ground in la it didn't matter if the net or the glass was right there you chucked that hat keith kachuk may have been more sober than you were in la though uh, well, I don't debatable. know. The Bud Lights, the, there's a lot of Bud Lights photographed in here. I saw there. Brady triple fisting, so who yeah, knows what yeah. those Kachuk boys were doing. Hey, Jill, How is that listening? Game? Go to the Why is this? Why, so we noticed this last time we were in Calgary. Why is this allowed in the saddle dome? You're allowed to walk right around with pretty much as many drinks as you can hold. Uh, I got in trouble for it at the saddle dome. As soon as you come to Rogers, bam, it's two. Let's start narking on them. Yep. yep. Hey, AGLC, <laughs> that Brady guy cannot be at game two. He is suspended. <laughs> Could you imagine if they like suspended beer sales for game five at the Saddle Dome because of us? Because Brady Kachuk had was I wouldn't even call it triple fisting. Like what do you he had two in the holster there con- in the back pocket? He had concealed beers without a license. <laughs> All right. Uh Michael Performer is the start time tonight. It's ridiculous. I I'm gonna be on a tight pitch count because I'm gonna try not to be too drunk before the puck drop at 8 50 tonight. I'm usually half in the bag by then on a Friday of a long weekend. So uh start time tonight. You're my cold performer of the week. Boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. That will be my progression through the night. Like, Tell Liam to turn that microphone over there. I want to know his hot and cold performers too. Liam, who's your cold performer of the week? Yeah, you didn't even think of one. I like how you put him on the spot too. Cold performer of the week. Am I on the right mic? Yep, you're good. Yep. Mike Smith. Be better. That's my cold performer. Good job. What? Fair enough. What? Uh hot performer of the week, Dan. 
Oh, uh, I'm going to give it out to the to the Flames organization for what they did with Ben here at around game one. You love to see the the bigger than sport moments. And now we can get back to animosity. So the Flames, you get my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. Rick. Just before Rick goes, I want to add on that. I also loved yep. to see that Ben was doing Leon Dreisaitl's pregame meal ahead yes. of game one. He's doing his part, too. I shout out to Ben Stelter. No, that was that was that was Leon and a little bit of uh, of, of Chris the intern too. I, I saw some nugs there. Yeah, he saw some nugs there. Well, no, who needs, who needs grilled nuggy. chicken? Grilled chicken's boring when you can have nuggies. Come on, <laughs> little nuge in there too. Little nuggy, little nuggy. Rick. Okay, me. I don't know if anyone caught it today. I know it's a different sport, but the uh, the Edmonton Elks win another one here as they uh, they un- they unveiled their new jerseys, the new colors, the new schemes, the new everything. Man, they look crisp. So we'll give it to the the, the Edmonton Elks today. Yeah, big milk. I heard from a little birdie today that Cameron Lewis is going to be moving back home this summer, and I'm excited about that. And it's not confirmed yet; it's not locked in, so I probably shouldn't have said anything. But I'm excited about <laughs> it. I like when Cam's in the office; he brings a different energy. He's excited to do more video content, be back on this podcast. So, Coomzy, if you actually do come home. You'll be my hot performer of the summer, my guy. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Liam, I'll get. I'll let you go next. Um, I had one, and then I forgot it, and I just remembered. I'll give mine to the mayor for coming on our pregame show. Hey, yes. that was pretty cool of him to reach out and to want to come and hang out with us for a little bit. I'm going to give an additional hot performer to me for in game one, betting over half a penalty minute on both Kane and Kachuk that were both plus odds. That, uh, that was a nice little bet for me. It might be time to do that again tonight. I got a sneaking suspicion there. Odds aren't as juicy though today. All right. Uh, my hot performer of the week, I am giving it, to the way the Oilers will play tonight. I am putting it in the Oof. universe. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will score. The Oilers will win. It'll be like 4-3, 5-3. It'll be tight. We'll be sweaty at the pint on white for our watch party. But I believe the Oilers will come through and get the victory for the boys. And so I'm giving them... I'm, I, I don't even care. I'm giving them my hot performer tonight. I'm putting it in the universe. Let's go. The big guy is smoking hot. Uh, well, if you look- Before we end this here, there's one thing popped in my mind that has been... That- Ate me live uh, uh, during the game. Can we talk about that that ruling? Oh yeah, Calgary yet? yeah, but like that's like, the rule. So, I know that's the yeah, rule, but, but how does that make any sense? Yeah, Shillington was the guy that gave the Oilers a power play. He should be out first, and then two guys take coincidentals. Yeah, like and all I, of a sudden they get to choose who the fuck comes out. No, see, this is this is good. We can exploit this. So from now on, when there's big scrums out there, we just have to make sure that like our scrubs come in and punch the guy in the face afterwards, and then we get McDavid out. I don't know. Like it's just it's you're right. It's a stupid rule, but yeah, it I don't know. It just it's is a rule. Nobody so going through the rule book for like the, all these old timey rules that are that are just terrible. The flames are, like, are. It was ridiculous. This rule was right next to no backwards or no forwards passes, and the league's like exactly ah, <laughs> like come on. Some, we got to pay somebody a couple bucks an hour to go through the rule book and get rid of all this stupid bullshit that's in there because that's terrible. Also, yeah. the uh, the Hockey Night in Canada panel or whatever you want to call them, all wearing cowboy hats. What is that? Ooh. They better have a donair and a machete when they come out to Edmonton on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dig it. I dig it. All right. Liam, can you uh, pot up the Bluetooth line on that bad boy? Just a little. Just a little. Oh, that's too loud. That's too loud. Bring it down. Bring it down. Liam is bumping. Woo. Oh, he's ready to go. All right. If the boys come out like Lee, like like he is today, we're good to go. Game two of the Battle of Alberta is tonight. Game three, it is back at Rogers Place for Bag Milk, Dan, Rick, Liam, and myself. And for our sponsors, DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Twig and Berries, Points Bet Canada, Cornerstone Insurance, and Buster's Pizza. Let's go, Wine and Oilers. Wine and beyond. Wine and beyond as well. Yes, they're your spot. Let's go, Oilers. And when we talk to you on Tuesday, this series is going to be 2-1, baby. Woo! Let's go! Shout out, Ben Stelter. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 